All right, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just got done watching a great movie, and now you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies, so let me introduce you to them. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. Hey, it's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Guys, we have a very, very exciting show as we get into the summer months. Woo! Oh my gosh. Steven, we don't have to teach kids anymore. Oh, thank God. At least not for, well, for you, you got what, two months? Two months. Two months too short. Well, no, it's not, because I only have a month. Why do you only have a month? We're we're gonna end school because early next public year, education. so we lose a month. <laughs> oh, that works too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be like the rest of the country, um, and start <laughs> school and start school in August and then end in May because there's no point in uh, drawing things out in the middle of June uh, when we could True. be out. But hey, this isn't the education podcast. This is. Stephen, you know, we honestly could have a podcast of just teachers griping about school. My mom would listen to that one. We could. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling um, I have a feeling it would be very uh, educational for people who are not in the profession. Educational for the non-educators. Ooh, that's a good name for it. That is a good name. I like that. I want royalties. Mm, well, I came up with the title. We gotta get. We gotta start getting paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we start talking royalties, but yeah, sure. Yeah, you're in line to get royalties, <laughs> fellow audience. Please tell your friends about this podcast. <laughs> we are looking for sponsors. Yeah. Hashtag sponsors. We're not begging, <laughs> but give us money. Kinda give sound, us your money. Kind of sounds like begging. Kind of sounds like you're begging there, Stephen, but it's okay. It's all right. Please, sir, we want some sponsors. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Audience, uh, let me just go ahead and I'll get this out of the way. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, if you listen to this and you really like what we're putting down, um, you can help us out. It doesn't have to be um, financially. You know what? It could easily just be through word of mouth. Um, sharing it on Facebook, sharing it on Twitter. Um, if someone asks for a podcast recommendation, um, join our Facebook group page where we're always having a lot of fun in there. Go on iTunes, go on iHeartRadio, go on Spotify, go on uh, 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 Stitcher, go everywhere that you can consume uh, a podcast and leave a four-star review, five-star review, ten-star review. I know the stars don't go up that high, but you know what? Every little bit helps, and it lets people know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the Film Talk podcast to listen to. You heard? Yeah, they heard it. Um, Guys, we have, like I said, we have a very exciting show for you tonight. 
Um, we got a little Netflix picks. Um, we had a nice we had a nice little session last time talking about some Netflix picks. Um, this nice. one uh, might not be quite as nice. Um, we're gonna be talking about Black Mirror yes. season five. Uh, there was only three episodes that came out, um, so fortunately it was an easy binge. Uh, but we're definitely gonna talk about it. Um, we're also going to have a trailer roundup, and we're going to talk about the new Doctor Sleep trailer. Um, for those of you who are maybe a little bit too young, um, i.e. my students, uh, first off, congratulations, class of 2019. You guys made it. Start paying your bills, because the real world's about to slap you in the face. Uh, and it sucks. And it sucks. <laughs> Doctor Sleep is uh, the sequel uh, to The Shining, and we're going to talk about that. Um, and I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this, but there are so many canceled shows. It is insane. We're going to talk about it. And in particular, I want to I want to have a discussion about should popular shows be given more time? Um, and when do you when exactly do you know when a show is past its shelf life? Um, and of course, for our main event of the evening, I took the hit and got to see Dark Phoenix. My poor thing. <sighs> Yeah, I'm going to need some more wine for that. Um, <laughs> Pass the booze. Yeah, because that was... Ugh. It was not as bad as what we thought it was going to be. Oh, but, as Steven likes to say about dead dogs, um, <laughs> won't, I won't talk about on the show, but... Uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. But we're going to talk about it. I have to, because... Uh, people are going to have to know whether or not to go see that or Men in Black International, um, which apparently is not getting that great of reviews. Did you guys see that? It yeah. had like a 30% last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Now yeah, this was, not... yeah, it was the uh, early uh, release critics, I think. So who knows? Maybe that means it's really the best summer movie ever. Right. And yet, Toy Story 4 has a 100%. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm. Did not see that one coming, honestly. I did not either. Mm. It's because Keanu Reeves, because Keanu Reeves is apparently a national treasure now. Yeah, he he must be protected. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna trip. I'm on I'm on the Keanu's aunts, and uh, he must be protected. Ke- wait, Keanu's aunts? That's is what they're that what that's, we're calling that's it? what they're calling it. They're calling oh it the Keanu's aunts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He is. Look, he's a. Did you watch Always Be My Maybe? Yeah. I did. I did watch it because oh, you told us to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a national treasure, and he improvised that entire scene, which just makes him even better. All or, right. or should we say, whoa. 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 <laughs> Guys, Stephen, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. Ready. All right, guys, let's prattle. So, uh, audience, if you don't know, uh, how we like to start these episodes off is we like to start off with a little nugget. Now, normally the nuggets um, are just about, like, serious things um, that we have seen in, in cinema but today, I wanted to, to give you a little incentive on going to the Film Talk group on Facebook because I feel like we always talk about it, but you guys don't actually know like what exactly do are we talking about in there. Uh, I posted recently, uh, I posted this kind of um, live-action free-for-all um, from the group The Extraordinary Journey of a Black Nerd. Um, and it was a, uh, it's a great 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 little game that always pops up every now and then and what happens is they put up uh, movie characters and then they put them in a fight 
uh, and in a court in a sort of like a tournament of champions, if you will. Um, and in this particular fight, it is a live action free for all. So we have here. Uh, a couple of different um, action stars, and we've substituted a few um, because we didn't like their movies, and so we we, we upgraded them. Um, and I am so, so, so excited uh, to play this game uh, uh, with my two best good buddies right here. Um, so, in this live action free-for-all, let me set, let me set the stage. Okay, let me set the scene for you. All right. All right, so now what we're going to have is, for our first contestant, Luke Hobbs from Fast and Furious. All right, we've got the MCU Punisher. We are taking out Atomic Blonde, and we are substituting her for a Black Widow, also from the MCU. There's two MCU contenders here, all right? We've, we're substituting out Salt, and we're bringing in... The Bride, Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. We've got John Wick. We've got Robert McCall from The Equalizer. We're taking out Ethan Hunt. Feel like that was a mistake, but that was Steven's call. We're taking out Ethan Hunt, and we're bringing in the Batman. Hey, it's I call. Hey, it's the truth. Uh, we're bringing, we're taking out. We're uh, sorry, we're not taking out this girl. Uh, we're keeping in Hit Girl from Kick Ass, and we're we're leaving in Rama from the Raid. Even though I'm pretty sure none of us have seen that movie. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> none of us have You're seen that wrong. movie. So <laughs> it, so it, so it's kind why of did like we take out Ethan wrong. Hunt. Then I don't know why we took out Ethan Hunt. I'm like we I know, don't know who Ethan is. You don't know Ethan that Hunt? That's your goal! I just thought we were getting rid of people we just... just because. What? Well, you replaced <laughs> him with Batman. My gosh. So, you know. What? So you take out... Okay, Lindley, I'm making an executive decision. Go ahead. We're putting Ethan back in, okay? And now... Batman will substitute Rama from the raid because we don't know who he is and we've never seen that movie. And that's the only reason just because we don't know who he is. Right. He he could be like, he could have a clean sweep for all we know. And if audience, if you don't like that we took out those characters and you would like to participate, you can go on the film, you can go on the film talk group um, and you and can sponsor us so we can watch the raid. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? They this give... is going to be my campaign throughout the whole show is to get us sponsors. <laughs> well, Godspeed, Lindley. All right. So, guys, uh, for round one with the characters that we have, okay, we're going to round table this. Round one is a hand to hand in an abandoned Japanese castle. Who takes round one in this live action free for all? You have to tell us the character and then you have to explain to us why. Who would like to start? Round one, fight. I'll go. Oh my God, fine. Go ahead, go ahead, Steven. Also remember that Ethan Hutt's back in the mix. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to say Batman in the hand-to-hand in a, an abandoned Japanese castle. Why? Well, for one thing, he's a master of nin, uh, ninjutsu. So he's going to be pretty good about hiding in confined spaces. Also, he doesn't, he doesn't like guns, so he wouldn't be good for round two. Um, 
he could have been for round three, but honestly, I feel like he could really handle his own in an abandoned Japanese castle. You know, he's a good fighter. He's armored. He's uh, he's really good at hiding and distracting the theatrical arts, as if you will, um, to uh, to uh, yeah, give him the advantage. And uh, I mean, what are they gonna? Even if they had, you know, a secret weapon held up their sleeves, he would still be able to repel it. So yeah, hand to hand, Batman. My vote goes to Batman. I'm Batman. Lindley. I'm going with Black Widow. Because this is what she's trained for. I mean, a Batman, I think he's an okay choice for hand-to-hand. But with that bulky suit, Black Widow could just do that little flippy leg thing that she does and take him down very easily. Mm. I think Black Widow's the best choice for hand-to-hand and also stealth. When, mm. like, sneaking about a castle because she's a secret Russian agent spy person that was great wording so yeah my choice is black widow i listen i i I hear what you guys are saying and i definitely i definitely feel you know you know me and the batman um and lindley i definitely feel like you're on the right track with black widow um i kind of want to go with the batman as well i feel like despite that despite the fact that black widow is yes she is made for this kind of terrain um so is batman um i'm thinking about a dude that has very clearly in every episode shown that he can take a punch and a bullet okay i'm going punisher on this one i think punisher takes round one I think he mops the floor with everybody. The only person I can actually see him like having a little trouble with is maybe Luke Hobbs because that man literally broke his arm out of a cast. Like he just flexed and like it like it just crumbled. <laughs> but I feel like compared to like all these other people, I'm looking at like, you know, Ethan Hunt, Hit Girl. Um, John Wick and Robert McCall from The Equalizer, I feel like he takes this one. I feel like as soon as Batman or or Black Widow comes up in his in his presence, I mean, like, he's not going to be shy. He's going to come in. He's going to be like, I'm just going to beat the hell out of you. Probably with a belt. Also, I feel like we should... No weapons. Okay. He doesn't need. He doesn't need it. He literally beat down three people in a in a bathroom. He'll be fine. <laughs> See, this is the thing. When I think, when I think Punisher, I think guns. When I think Batman, I think utility belt. So Black Widow, I feel, is the best choice for legit hand to hand. But see, when I think of Black Widow, else... I always think of the gun she uses. Pew pew. <laughs> Calling it back to rolling it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that. I mean that is true. But you guys got to remember, it's not just those three. You've got all these other. Like, I mean, if that's the case, put the bride in that argument. I mean, she. I mean, she fought. I mean, she trained with Pai Mei. She's got the uh, five finger palm exploding heart technique. Pai Mei taught you that. <laughs> he did. 
<laughs> How do I look? Ready. Okay. Movie court champion right here, baby. Woo yeah. Woo! yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Uh, Bring right. it back to the battle, please. Bring it back to the battle. Uh, round two. Pistol match in a construction site. Round two. Fight. Steven, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with John Wick for this. What? Doesn't he use a gun? I mean, he uses everything. Like, he can do hand-to-hand. But he does. He does do a lot. He does do a lot with guns. I, I, okay. I will. Full yeah, disclosure: I have like never that. actually seen any of the John Wick movies. I guess I'm missing out. No, what? You've never <laughs> seen a John Wick movie? I would have never guessed that. What gave it away? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <using> you. <laughs> yeah, John Wick. I'm gonna go with John Wick. Okay. All right. To help Stephen out. <laughs> because he hasn't seen those movies. Um, and I've seen all three now. Um, John Wick, definitely, Steven. I think that is a strong... I think that's a strong choice for round two. Um, I mean, the dude the dude literally can kill anybody with, you know... He got seven bullets um, from the Bowery King in the final fight sequence of John Wick 2. And he just managed to continue to get guns. And I feel like if you're going up against someone like the Punisher, someone who has a lot of guns, you've done, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. Okay? Like, like he's going to get those guns. You just brought him the arsenal he needed to win this match. Yeah. Also, Batman doesn't use guns. No guns. Not a... Not unless you're Zack Snyder's Batman. Oh, that is very that is very true. That's very true. <laughs> no Lily, what about you? Who who's taking this who's taking round two for you? Well, I've thought of this. Okay. And you know, kind of looking at this list that we've got going on, mm-hmm. th- these are you know, they're brutal characters. They they do a lot of damage, but they're all good guys. Mm-hmm. And none of these good guys, I feel, will legitimately harm a child. However, the one child on this list who is an expert in weaponry, she won't think twice. I'm going hit, girl. Mm. Mm. I, Lindley, that is solid logic. And in all honesty, hit girl was my choice. As well. um, I think Hit Girl takes this because, again, it, it's like you said. I think the only one who, because uh, I can tell you right now, Luke Hobbs isn't going to do it. Punisher's yeah. Punisher's going to hesitate. Um, he's going to get mortally wounded before he starts treating her like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Batman doesn't use guns. <laughs> um, the Bride, she's used guns. But she's shown that she's more proficient in hand-to-hand and... And sword play. Right. Um, Black Widow, I feel, will kind of try to talk her out of being a superhero. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then she's and then she's going to die. Um, John Wick... Uh, I think John Wick's the one who gives her trouble. 
I think that he, I think their skill set is similar. Uh, Robert McCall, I feel like Robert... Then Hit-Girl just throws a puppy in his face and he's out. Yeah. Robert McCall, I feel, he sits this one out. Um, because the last time he saw Hit-Girl, she was a prostitute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> so he's gonna be like, I'm sitting this one out. Um, Ethan Hunt, after all that talk about putting Ethan in this, Ethan's actually maybe the second person that's probably gonna give her trouble. Um, and then we took out Rama. Oh, no, we've already done everybody. Okay, so never mind, because we took out Rama from the raid. So, yes, I, I agree, Lindley. I think Hit Girl takes round two. Yeah. Round three, final round, a day of prep in San Francisco. Who takes this, Steven? Final round, fight. Now, what, how do you define a day of prep? What does that mean? A day of prep means like you get a day to, you just, you're going around San Francisco, you're laying down weaponry, you're laying down, you're setting up like vehicles, anything that you will need to win this fight. This is winner take all. You can bring out, we can break out all your best moves. Okay. Yes. You can deck out whatever you need in order to win this because you've got a day to set it up. Okay, so this is the one where I will say I'm going to have to go with Ethan Hunt. After you wanted to take him out, Yeah, Steven. I'm allowed to change my mind. You can't tell me I wanted to do. But you did. You told us what you wanted to do. Yes, I evaluated the evidence based on a concurrent understanding of the rules. Now I understand the rules. Ethan Hunt for round three. Why? Because he's Ethan Hunt. Who can plan better than him? He allow Batman. comes up with no, not Batman. He's an Are you Ethan. kidding me? Batman doesn't always win. Are he, you kidding me? But are you are you serious? You're gonna so wait a minute, Steven. Hold on a second. You're gonna tell me and this is funny because I'm not even picking Batman. You're gonna tell me that Batman that Ethan Hunt's gonna beat Batman, the master of prep time? Well, I already chose Batman for round one. You done messed up, Steve. You done messed up, A.A. <laughs> Ron. No, Ethan Hunt always plans out everything, and it's usually an environmental factor that screws something up, that they overlooked or something. But no, Ethan Hunt, he gets everything planned out. He gets all the gadgets. He gets the whole team assembled. He figures stuff out before, you know, initiate the mission or whatever. So, yeah. So he needs backup to win? Is that what you're telling us, Steven? He needs backup? He's got to get he's got to get Ving Rhames to get on the computer. He's He's got to get Simon Pegg. He's got to get Simon Pegg. He's smart. He has a team. No, Simon Pegg is smart. Exactly. He uses a team. <laughs> he's smart. <laughs> All right, Steven. <laughs> I'll let, I'll Did let you ever see Mission game. Impossible 3? He does <laughs> physics. Have have you seen Fallout? No, I haven't. Bingo! Next person! Let me go! Before he makes me mad. Er. Well, I considered Batman. And I think Batman is my second choice because, you know, he's got he's got Alfred, he's got a bunch of technology and stuff. Um, but if we're doing a day of prep and the whole city is their playground... You're going to be so proud of me, Marcus. I'm going with Hobbs. Really? Really. Really? Because, and this is why. 
think thinking about a day of prep, Hobbs knows he he works with the government, doesn't he? Yes. So Hobbs is going to have everything the government like will allow him at his disposal. He has military weaponry. He can plan. And if worse comes to worse, he'll just run everybody down with a tank. Because Fast and Furious. Mm. Solid, solid choice there, Key. It's wrong, but uh, solid choice. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and here's why. Here's why, right? Because, and I'm looking, it's between, for me, it's between two men. John Wick and Robert McCall. Robert McCall had... Robert McCall? Yeah. Robert McCall, the equalizer. Lindley, he had an hour of prep time, and he took out half of the Russian mafia. John Wick had a day of prep time and was able to fight off a whole, like, you know, legion of... Of, of Italian assassins. But does he has a tank? Does he have a tank? Robert McCall is a government trained assassin. But does you he You think have he's going to get taken out by a tank? Yes. He he <laughs> Lindley, he barely he no you know what happened in that in that hour of prep time? You know what his injuries were? He got slashed in the arm and then he used that as bait. I Despite this being the Keanu Zants, I'm giving it to Robert McCall. I think if that man has a day of prep time in San Francisco, he's using every nook and cranny to hide from loud ass Shab, Shab, Hobbs. I, I combined Hobbs and Shaw. But see, here's my problem with Hobbs. Even though he may start out on a mission, ultimately he's going to turn his back on people just because he doesn't like them. Not if they're good or bad. He kind of goes no, rogue, remember? No, because it's about family. It's about family, Stephen. Which it's family? It's about family. Does he have Wait, a wife are... and kids? No. Who are we talking about? Hobbs. Family? Family? Yeah, Hobbs. Family. It's important because family. I was about to say, if anybody's going to have a team, it's going to be Hobbs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, Vin Diesel's coming, right? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. What? You literally, your whole argument about Ethan the Hunt was that he was going to have a team. If he's going to have a team, Hobbs is going to bring a team. That's fine, but my problem is that Hobbs, he just kind of does his own thing. Even if it, you know, betrays the mission itself. He doesn't care. What? Or do you even watch Fast and Furious? What is, where is this coming from? Fast Five. Fast Five? When he was the villain, the soft villain? Yeah. So, Lindley, this fight is between you and me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve has beaten his own argument. <laughs> Audience, um, hopefully you have enjoyed our little, our little tete-a-tete. Um, if you would like to play this game, it is available to you uh, on the Facebook. Uh, just go to Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Group, look it up in the groups uh, section, and uh, have some fun with us. Because um, other people put different choices, actually, for um, 
for this. Uh, two people actually said Robert McCall for round three. One person said Hit Girl. Uh, three people said John Wick for round two. And two people said The Punisher, and one person put Rama. It was Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. So, yeah. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, guys. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show here. <clears throat> let's uh, break out a little, uh, breaking over a little Netflix picks. Black Mirror, for those of you who have not seen it, um, you are truly, truly, regardless of whether, you know, whatever our, our opinion, thoughts and opinions are with uh, season five, um, if you have not seen Black Mirror, you are really missing out on um, kind of a, uh, a I, I would I would venture to say a worthy successor um, of the Twilight Zone. Um, and that and this coming from the remake of the Twilight Zone that just came out. Right. This is <laughs> I I, would I think not. I I think that these are I think these are, are very interesting stories. I think they're very fun. Um, you know I I actually it you know what. As much as they remind me of the Twilight Zone, you know what they really remind me of? What? Tales of the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. No, they're not that goofy. No, they're not that goofy, but it it, it always feels that way to me. I remember Tales from the Crypt being, like, pretty scary, actually. Um, I mean, I was very young when I when I was watching Tales from the, from the Crypt, but... See, I was much more of a, are you afraid of the dark girl? Ooh. To me, it also has that feel, too. Which is coming back, by the way. Did you guys see that? I did. Limited time. Yeah, limited series. Uh, we're definitely going to have to talk about that. But right now, we're talking Black Mirror. Um, season 5. Uh, let's round table this. Thoughts, opinions on it. Do we want to go in order of the TV shows, I'm guess Of the episodes, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, I think that would be easiest. Okay, so I'm going to pull up right now... Um, I'm going to pull up the, uh, synopsis of all the different episodes. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, anything about Black Mirror, Steven, do you want to explain to the audience what Black Mirror actually is for those who maybe have never seen The Twilight Zone or Are You Afraid of the Dark? You might want to get Lindley to do that because if I start doing it, I'm going to rant. Oh, oh, dang. Jesus wept. Oh, <laughs> man. Go ahead, Lily. Uh, well, basically, Black Mirror is an anthology series that started on the BBC and then transferred to Netflix. And each episode, uh, they're usually very different in tone. Most of them have a dark, sinister vibe to them. And they're all about the the potential and dangers of evolving technology. Um, and, and I didn't even read that from Wikipedia. That was from my brain. That was pretty impressive, actually. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, it's because I've gotten a lot of practice trying to like invest people mm-hmm. in watching Black Mirror that I've got like a, a spiel ready when they ask, like, oh, what's Black Mirror about? It's, it's about a mirror, and it's black. Shush, That's racist. Shush, you gave up your you gave up your right to speak about Black Mirror. Um, <laughs> earlier. Um, 
So, as Lindley said, most of the episodes deal with, like, future technology. Some of them don't. Um, but none of these stories are really connected. There's some that are. Um, they put, like, little Easter eggs. Uh, Anyone? In some of the episodes. Anyone? What? I was singing the song. That's There's a song that plays in a lot of the episodes. That, Anyone? No. Oh. Anyone? Um... But we, but we are going to, uh, we're going to dig deep into these three episodes um, that have just come out. And the reason why there's only three, I don't know if you guys heard this, the only reason why there's three is because of um, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch, mm. Bandersnatch took up a lot of their time, um, and so they were like, we need to have a season five. So they were like, okay, we'll do three episodes as opposed to our usual one, two, three, four, five, six. Our usual six episodes. Um, before it was only three, when it was just with the BBC. Um, that Anyone song is always in the, all the episodes, now that I think about it. <laughs> it started with, started with 15 Million Merits, which is still one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. I think 15 Million Merits is like a perfect example of what Black Mirror is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because not only does it deal with technology, it also deals with the human spirit and the moralistic choices they make. See, I I would say, for me, it's Hang the DJ. Oh, Hang the DJ is great. Oh, I That's, love that one. Hang the DJ is one of the few and far between episodes that aren't soul-crushing. No, not at all. No. Um, okay. So, first episode, Striking Vipers. Um, and an audience, I, I will say this, and I'll say this for us as well. Mild spoilers. Yeah. We won't give away the twist ending or anything like that, but I feel like you, we, we, we got to dig deep into these episodes because that's the only way you're really going to be able to appreciate and talk about Black Mirror. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. If you haven't watched Black Mirror yet, or if you're like, uh, I want to, I want to see it firsthand. You know, take a second, watch the episode, uh, and then come on back, uh, and then we'll continue talking about it for you. Um, but Striking Vipers was a very interesting um, episode. This one w- was featuring uh, Anthony Mackie as the main character, and essentially what happens uh, is. He plays uh, this man who has a best friend who gives him a video game. They haven't they haven't uh, talked to each other in like a very long time. They used to all live in the same house. Um, Anthony Mackie's character, uh, the best friend, um, who I wish I could pronounce his name, but I cannot. Uh, but he has been um, he's been in a lot of things. He was a uh, Black Manta actually in uh, in Aquaman. Uh, and as well as his wife, they all live together. Um, and then eleven years passes by. Anthony Mackie gets married to the girlfriend, uh, and then his best friend comes, gives him a video game that puts you, puts your consciousness into the characters, so you can see and feel everything. Disclaimer: This is going to give you a very, very, very. Uh, <laughs> good picture on how most Black Mirror episodes go. Um, Yep. They kiss. It did not go where I thought it was going to. No, not at all. I I was, I I thought it was going to go a very different way. Um, I thought it was going to be more like, 
I thought it was going to be more of, you know, getting lost in the game, getting um, too attached to it, wanting to live there, and then eventually getting stuck. See, I see, I I thought that at first as well. Um, but what ended up happening was in the first in the first scene, right when they're well, not in the first scene, like the second scene when it's like eleven years later and Anthony Mackie is grilling. There was something about the way that he was talking to the other gentleman that made me, that was kind of like, oh, this is going to lead to Anthony Mackie having a gay moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which the episode, that's that's kind of the crux of the episode is, um, are these two men homosexuals? Uh, even though they're in a, they're in the game. Um, his best friend is playing uh, a female character, um, played by Palm. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pronounce her name. Palm Clementif, uh, who plays Man- Mantis from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, they're wondering, like, like, are are we gay? Are we not gay? Like, what does the kiss mean? Eventually, they start having sex in the game. Um, we, again, we're not going to tell you how the episode ends, but that is the meat and potatoes of what this what happens in this episode. Yeah. Um. I I would I would very much like to start. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, I I thought it was very Same. well done. I was very invested in the characters. Um, I thought that it was very there was like some really like actual like heartbreaking moments of it. Um, and also too, I feel like you don't you don't normally see black homosexuality, especially with men, on TV. No. You know, that's it's not become something that you normally more of, see. Yeah, after Moonlight, it kind of got more into the, you know, into the... Kind of like public consciousness. You know, yeah, exactly. And now you mm-hmm. have shows like Choir Boy, you've got this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, I mean, it was, for me, it was it was nice, and especially to see two actors who, you know, when you think about them, you know, like I said, um, you think of Black Manta, you think of Falcon. Um, mm-hmm. To see them play those roles, I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. I thought it was very interesting. Um, and it made me kind of, kind of take a second look at Anthony Mackie and kind of be like, dude, you've got some acting chops. You know, like I think we, I think sometimes we forget that like Anthony Mackie can, can throw down um when it comes to acting uh which kind of yeah. makes me even more excited for when he's in uh, altered carbon um because he's the next main character uh even though Lindley doesn't like that movie that show excuse me i I, <laughs> I couldn't there's nothing new about it <laughs> um and Stephen, you did not you did not get a chance to see this this episode not this episode no okay all right you saw the you saw the third one yeah most of okay. It. All right. Gotcha. Just enough checking. to comment on it, I should say. Gotcha. Um, so we're going to we're gonna we're gonna move on to episode two, unless Linda you had something to add to. Strike no, it. I think it was all said. Okay. Um, 
let's move on to Smithereens. This was I an- loved. Oh this one. my God! Yes, uh, this one features Andrew Scott um, from uh, uh, Sherlock. Um, he plays uh, Moriarty, and this mm-hmm. is a this is actually one of the few episodes. And they commented on this. This is one of the few episodes where they don't have like future future technology. Most of no, the, it's mo- about like today. It could easily happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this man who kind of hides out uh, outside of this building called Smithereens, um, this office building. And you find out that Smithereens is, it's like a, uh, Lily, would it be accurate to say it's like Twitter more so than Facebook? Yeah, it's much more of a, a Twitter sphere. Yeah. Um, but he is obsessed with this company and you don't know why. Um, until he um, kidnaps somebody that he feels works um, works high up with Smithereens, uh, only to find out he's just an intern. Um, and it makes a very <laughs> it makes a very kind of like a, a very like unsettling freak out moment for like especially mm-hmm. for I I was like I I was like he this kid's gonna die, um, like as soon as he's done with his freak out moment. Uh, and then again, I'm, we're not gonna, we're my own spoilers, but we're not gonna spoil any like twists and turns. Um, but he basically wants to talk to the CEO of Smithereens, played by Topher Grace. Um, <laughs> and this is all in hopes that he can talk to him and finally clear his conscience of blank. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, 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 yeah. it's very, it's, it's, you, I, I want you guys to have that same experience um, that we had when we were watching this. Um, Lindley, why don't, you, why don't you start this one off? So what did you like about this? I, I loved everything about this. Mm-hmm. I love the setup. I love the suspense of you wondering, like, what was going to happen, why he was, you know, waiting outside this building, who he was trying to meet with, who this illustrious person was. Um, you know, how Topher Grace is still working, and I'm so glad for it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I love the ending, because it's very ambiguous. You don't know exactly what happens, mm-hmm. but you see the effects of it. This yeah. whole thing is revolves around this Twitter-like um, social media platform. Mm-hmm. And stuff like how news spreads, how people, you know, how things go viral. But then once something goes viral, even as intense as the situation the characters find themselves in, it gets lost. Like you see it and then the next you're being scrolled past. Mm-hmm. It's oof. Yeah. Oof. It was, it was good. It was a really, really good episode. I, I absolutely love that about it too, Lindley, that um I, I I you know, a lot of people on Facebook I've noticed have been like, What what do you think the end of Smithereens was? Like, oh, I think this happened, I think that happened. I'm like, I, I don't wanna think about it. I don't wanna know. You know, I just want to I wanna I wanna kinda keep that to myself. Um and, you know, good on uh, Charlie Brooker, who is the who is the writer, uh, good for him for not 
disclosing like what was happening. He's not explaining it. Um, people have tried to get him to say like what happens um, to to everybody uh, to the two men um, at the end, and he and he's like, you know what? Just kind of whatever you think happens. You know, whatever you, however you take it, um, that is the ending. And and that's something you don't normally see a lot anymore. Um, I mean, you still, I mean, you see it to a to a degree, um, but not with something like uh, something so popular as Black Mirror, um, when so many people watch it, and it's like, you know what? Yes, sometimes you can have a secret. And it is okay. Um, so for me, Smithereens was a phenomenal episode. Absolutely loved it. I also enjoyed Topher Grace being in it. And again, it, it's like something about Black Mirror just brings out the best in some of these actors. Because um, I thought Topher Grace did a great job. Um, he really did. And I was, again, and again, it was kind of that whole, um, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, you are a good actor. Um, you know, it's, it's like with, with Anthony Mackie, um, just seeing those two actors there and seeing them do something so different. Um, I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last episode, cause again, there was only three episodes, uh, was Rachel, Jack and Ashley two. This, it. this one featuring Miley Cyrus. Hated it. <laughs> um, so this was about uh, a little girl named Rachel Goggins who and her sister Jack, who um, they are taking on a whirlwind adventure. Hated <laughs> at, it as the popular as the popular superstar and singer Ashley O, played by Miley Cyrus, um, creates a new AI doll named Ashley Two. Uh, you find out that it's kind of like a princess story where Miley Cyrus's character is basically put into a coma so that her evil aunt can have full control over her over her life. Um, Hate it. And Lindley hates it. And um, hate it so much. And there was just there was a lot going on in this. Um, it kind of feels like a. I mean. It, if you if you watch the beginning of the movie, sorry, the episode, you're gonna start to realize like, okay, this is where this is probably gonna go. It's a lighter, it's a much lighter ending than um, most Black Mirror episodes. I would say it's almost too light because again, we mentioned that with Hang the DJ, right? That Hang the DJ yeah. has a lighter ending to it. Um, you know, and there's and there's other movies, and there's sorry, other movies. There are other episodes that also have lighter endings, but this just felt like very much. Uh, it was not a Black Mirror episode. No, at all. this this felt like this felt like Twilight Zone. That's honestly yep. what I felt. Like this felt like this could have been easily a Twilight Zone episode, and less so of a no. Black Mirror episode. Not even Twilight Zone. This was a very dark Disney Channel original movie. Mm-hmm. Because here's my thing about this episode. They could have taken it. They could have taken it so far with the whole metaphors of 
you know, perfectionism and technology and social media and all these pop culture icons striving these young, impressionable teenagers to be perfect, Mm -hmm. to be something that they're not. And you see that in glimpses and you think it's going to go that way. And then it becomes a, oh, we got to save the day. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so frustrating Mm-hmm. Because it had the potential. It's nothing to do with Miley Cyrus. It's nothing to do with the, any of the actors. No, I thought the actors did great, actually. Yeah, and Miley Cyrus, she was fine. Yeah. She was fine. But the fact that it had the potential and then just did a 180, it was, mm-mm. Yeah, if they had, if they had gone with a darker ending to this... Um, I I I really do think that it would have um, it would have definitely felt more like a Black Mirror episode, um, and it would have um, like I said, it would have driven the point home as far as what they were what commentary they were trying to make on um, superstars and and superstars especially that have passed away um, with the whole hologram thing. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like this episode really kind of. This was not the episode to end on. No. You could have honestly. I th- I think Smithereens would have been the perfect episode to end on. Um, like if you open with striking vipers, then you go to Rachel, Jack, and Ashley too, and then you and end, end with, with Smithereens. That would have been that the season. I feel would have been stronger which is weird to say right because it's like well Mario's like all you did was switch two episodes but as far as like just as like a season as a whole right it just would have flowed a little bit better and i think a lot of people would have been happy with it um steven you got a chance to see parts of this one. yes what were your thoughts on what you saw well, I liked it, but probably for the wrong reasons. I just thought it was hilarious when the um, little Miley Cyrus bot starts cussing at everyone. I, 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 I just thought that was hilarious. Um, the plot, I, I will agree, it definitely felt different um, from uh, most Black Mirror sh- uh, episodes, um, which I actually don't mind that because honestly I've always had problems with with Black Mirror um, and it's uh, exploration of technology because it always seems to be the same basic concept technology is inherently evil and people don't know how to use it and it's like and I have to take issue when people compare it to the Twilight Zone because the Twilight Zone explored you know, humanity and the various aspects of it. It wasn't just centered on, you know, the theme of human arrogance or, you know, whatever Black Mirror is going for. So I've always kind of resisted that comparison. Um, And uh, at the end of the day, I just felt like every episode, the whole point was just to watch people suffer. And I just, I couldn't handle that. And, and and believe it or not, this is a show that I gave multiple opportunities to. I watched, um, I want to say, I know I watched the first three seasons, and I watched a few from season four. Um, so, yes, I actually watched this one. Um, but uh, 
I don't know. I mean, Black Mirror is still not my thing, I think. Um, but I did think the cussing robot was hilarious, so. The cussing robot, to me, that was kind of like, meh, meh. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a way to, that's a way to show this character off. Um, I just feel like as a whole, um, compared to, uh, season four, this was kind of a step back. I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's enough to cancel Black Mirror, which we're going to talk about um, as far as canceling shows goes. I don't think it's enough to cancel Black Mirror, but I definitely feel like you you started off real strong in season four with USS McAllister. Uh, sorry, USS Callister. Yes. And you ended super strong with Black Museum. Yep. You know, and you had a and you had a wide variety of different. Um, you had a wide variety of different types of episodes in season four, right? With, um, you know, episodes that deal with parenthood and Archangel, um, loneliness and USS Callister, um, Crocodile. I just remembered Crocodile um, with the mom, with the, with the, uh, uh, the woman who, who, who hits the, um, hits the, the biker. Oh my gosh! Yep. Right, and then and it ends up like killing all these people to try and make sure that they don't know that she is that she was the murderer. Um, and then a hamster is what. Which, by the way, did you know that there is a um, there's an Easter egg in Smithereens? No, in Ash in Rachel Jack and Ashley too about Crocodile and Black Museum. No. Yeah, it's in the ticker at the bottom. Yeah, they talk about the woman getting arrested and they talk about the museum owner being found in the smoldering remains of a museum. Dang. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I just feel like, again, you know, you have, you, you you ended it very strong and I thought Bandersnatch was a very cool idea. Um, and again, Striking Vipers, Smithereens, you, these are your two strongest episodes. You needed to, that one last episode to kind of like, this is why, you know, we only need three episodes for a season. And Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, too, didn't do it for me. At all. Um, but audience, maybe it did it for you. Um, please let me, please let us know in the, in the comments or on the Facebook Film Talk group. Uh, let us know what you guys think of, of Black Mirror. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, what was your favorite episode? Um, do you agree with Steven? Is it, is it? Is it uh, is it not right to compare it so much to um, the Twilight Zone? Let us know in the comments. Um, audience, we are going to take a, a short break. We're going to introduce you to a, a new podcast. We're going to get um, some water, maybe a little wine to get ready for the main event. Um, <laughs> and then when we come back, we are going to be talking about... The Doctor Sleep trailer. Stay tuned. Roll Initiative, a product of Shenanigans Incorporated, is a podcast dedicated to teaching people how to play D&D, growing your knowledge of the game one mistake at a time. Have you ever wanted to learn to play Dungeons and Dragons but are intimidated by excessive rule books and, ugh, math? Well, so are we. Our players have never played before, and our dungeon master is a mess. Join us on Friday nights as we learn one encounter at a time what it means to play Dungeons 
and Dragons. So we got here a little trailer roundup uh, with Dr. Sleep. Um, now, for those of you, again, who are too young to know this, uh, this is a sequel to The Shining. Um, Red Run, Red Run. Yes. Uh, so this is very, um, this is very exciting. The book actually came out, um, in 1977, it seems. I could mm -hmm. be wrong. I'll check it out again. Yeah, um, it, it was, it was 70s, came out in 1977. Um, and again, this is a sequel to The Shining. The synopsis, um, of Dr. Sleep goes like this. Still irre irrevocably scarred by the trauma he endured as a child at the Overlook, Dan Torrance has fought to find some semblance of peace, but that peace is shattered when he encounters Abra, not to be confused with the Pokemon, a courageous <laughs> teenager. <laughs> Thanks, I'll be here all week. With her own powerful ext extrasensory gift known as the Shine, instinctively recognizing that Dan shares her power, Abra has sought him out, Desperate for his help against the merciless Rose the Hat and her followers, the True Knot, who feed off the shine of innocence in their quest for immort immortality. Forming an unlikely alliance, Dan and Abra engage in a brutal life or death battle with Rose. Abra's innocence and fearless embrace of her shine compel Dan to call upon his powers as never before, at once facing his fears and reawakening the ghosts of the past. Hmm. So we've all gotten a chance to see the um, see the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen, why don't you start us off? I am very excited about this, um, if for no other reason than that I think that the um, original Shining movie uh, from 1982 was a masterpiece of horror. Um, it it just it perfectly built horror and suspense and i think really it's uh influenced a lot of good horror movies since um but one thing that really kind of caught me off guard about this trailer was that this apparently is going to be a direct sequel to that it's set in the same sort of uh stanley kubrick version uh and why that interests me is because stephen king famously hates uh kubrick's version um, yep. it, because it changed so much from the book, largely the, uh, character of Jack Torrance, I think was his big gripe, but he also had some other, and I, and I will agree, uh, that they are fair criticisms. He didn't like what they did to Wendy. Um, and, uh, and he, <laughs> he had an issue with Jack Nicholson being cast as Jack Torrance simply because it was like, you want He wanted to see someone who, uh, would play Jack Torrance and gradually go insane rather than someone who just starts out insane. Hey. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not a criticism that, you know, I particularly uh, feel is that big of a deal because um, I thought it was a great movie. And, um, you know, I just, I just, I'm just curious to see how the filmmakers got stephen king to agree to let this take place in the kubrick universe he's calling it um because that was one thing i was not expecting to see all those uh shots from the original movie um because stephen king hated it so much he actually made this really uh crappy tv movie version of it 
um, that I, I can't stand, but it oh, does. Oh, the CGI hedges. Yes. <laughs> it, they were awful. But here was the problem. I've, the, the book is a very good and well-written book because it's all about the gradual descent into insanity that Jack Torrance goes through um, and how he ultimately ends up turning on his uh, family. Uh, but the character of Wendy, she's much stronger in the book. She's a lot more, you know, complex than just, oh no, Jack Nicholson's chasing me. Yeah. Which is, I do agree. That is what the Kubrick version kind of reduced her to. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, the book is really well written and I don't think it quite translated that well to the, um, uh, to the TV version, but um, I, I am really excited to see not only is this taking place in the same universe as a direct sequel, uh, I'm, I do like they got uh, Ewan McGregor to be in it. He's a very strong actor. Um, and I, because I haven't actually read Dr. Sleep, I really don't know what to expect. Um, granted, I think it is definitely a teaser trailer that only gives you like a taste of what to expect. Oh yeah. And not really many plot details, but that's fine. Cause it's a teaser. So I want to see it. Uh, Lindley, what about you? I feel the same. Um, especially what Steven says about how, you know, Stephen King hated the Kubrick movie. Um, so I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. How Stephen King feels about this one um it looks interesting and i'm all for seeing some ian mcgregor on film Mm. so yes i want to see it uh for me i this is this is why i'm kind of interested in seeing this movie um it's it has to do with the building of the um stephen king cinematic universe (laughs) <laughs> um, does this mean we're getting a maximum overdrive remake well oh we better <laughs> well hold on a second because i feel like this i feel like this is um warner brothers actually doing this the right way uh, because they're doing it in a very different way that marvel did it marvel the mcu is built on the idea of you have to watch this movie in order to really appreciate the team-up movie Whereas these movies, right, it has the same look and feel of um, it. It has the same look and feel as um, Pet Cemetery, And I would be interested to see if they're going to adapt even more of his novels. Uh, because, again, I feel like this is, this is how you do a horror cinematic universe mm-hmm. right you you give them the same look you give them the same feel but you don't necessarily have to you don't have to have like a through line you don't have to have them connect you don't have to have them or sorry you don't have to have like you know the same character shows up around these like weird things it can just be like these are in the same universe yeah and you can have the occasional nod, like in a black mirror, right? Like how I just told you in the ticker of an episode, they talk about those previous episodes. But you don't have to watch those episodes in order to in order to enjoy the ep- in order to enjoy that one. You have to see like all the other Black Mirror episodes. 
you can just watch this one and appreciate it. And if you see the ticker or if you find out about the ticker and you know what it means, great. Wonderful. Mazel tov. That was for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not yeah. excluding you. And I exactly. Feel, and I feel like that is um, and again, and, and I and I don't say excluding like as like a slight to the MCU because I feel like that's that's how that cinematic universe is designed. Um, but I think when you're dealing with horror, right, I think it is perfectly acceptable to do something like this. Um, it's kind of what makes me a little fearful for the Conjuring universe because it almost feels like they're striving to have that connective tissue always be with the Warrens. And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't have to do that. They can just be, like, we know that the Warrens live in a universe where there are, are you know, the paranormal exists, but you can have these outlier stories, you know, that these are stories that the Warrens heard about, but they weren't necessarily involved in. Um, and I think that if that's the case, if you're taking that route with Dr. Sleep, I feel like Dr. Sleep is a great addition to this Stephen King universe. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, again, you have these mo- you have these great Stephen King movies um, based off of his novels. And again, just a little nod every now and every now and again, something very subtle, something that if you are the person that's seen all these movies, guess what? You're going to see it the same way you would in a book. You know, I love that. I love that idea. And, you know, Stephen King's books, they are he's a really good writer. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, If you have not read Misery, that is a great book. Salem's Lot is pretty scary. Um, And of course, The Shining. But going back kind of to the 90s and late 80s, a lot of his books did not translate very well because it was almost like they knew what made the book scary, the moments, but they didn't understand like the context. And so you get a movie like The Langoliers where they get chased by little meatball Pac-Man things that just look hilarious. Um, <laughs> if you like read something like that in the context of the book, you can see where the, the scariness comes from. Um, and so it's, it's I think they've been much smarter about not only realizing his work, but adapting it to a modern audience. Because let's face it, a lot of them were written back in the day. Don't even get me started on the stuff that was in the It book that they were like, yeah, we're not going to put that in the movie. Yeah, like the the children and and the one girl and... The orgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for for going there, Marcus. Yeah. No problem. I mean, even he has, like, come out and said, yeah, uh, I probably shouldn't have written something like that. Like, even Stephen King's kind of apologized for that. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, just... They're being smarter is what I'm trying to say, so. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, in this in this uh, kind of battle of these uh, film studios to try and find their next MCU, again, I feel like you have, you, you have all the tools that you need. Um, so I feel, I wish them luck. I think that this is going to be a very successful cinematic universe, and mainly because they're not trying to make it a cinematic universe. It's just, it's just happening naturally. 
mm-hmm. you know, which I think is the best way to do it. Because um, as we have seen in many other places, <coughs> DC, um, and when you force it, you end up uh, creating two separate universes, apparently, because that's, that's the best choice. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah, you didn't hear that? I think so I did, yeah. DC's new like direction is that they're going to make two separate universes now. So, like, the Joker movie, that's in a whole separate universe. And depending on what happens with... Uh, the Batman, that might be in a whole separate universe as well. Marcus, oh this is giving me a headache. <laughs> well, I'm about to give you some heartache in a moment because, Stephen, there are so many canceled shows that are coming. <laughs> they did like a huge, huge sweep, and unfortunately, we don't have all the we don't have all the names of all the shows. Um, but there are some that, that stuck out to me, guys, that I want to discuss with you. Uh, or rather, the whole situation as a whole. Um, so I'm going to start off with this. I'm going to start off with a show that is um, canceling that... Well, no, sorry. Let me start off by the thing that made me notice this trend. Swamp Thing on the DC Universe. Oh, um, yeah. That has had one episode, uh, two now, right? As of this recording. I think. Um, But Swamp Thing has officially been canceled after one episode that apparently was very good. (laughs) A lot of people enjoyed. And they were like, they were very confused. And they were like, but this is a good show. Like, this is a good thing. Do it, it, Marcus. Do do your DC, go home, DC, your drunk rant. I just, I, I, I'm not going to go into a full rant, but I just, again, you know, um, I, I, this is, this is pure Larry. This is pure Larry. Larry. Cause it's like, okay, if you know that you have a hot show on your hands, right? Doggone it. You need to invest your money in this show to get your streaming service to continue to get it off the ground. I know they probably don't have the numbers yet that they've been projecting, um, or maybe that's the issue. Maybe they don't have um, the funds to to continue to, to do the streaming service, because apparently there's a, there's a soft rumor that they're looking to drop the streaming service. Um, and so shows like, hit shows like Doom Patrol um, will get canceled. But mm-hmm. Titans would stay, even though I'm pretty sure Doom Patrol was the superior show from what I'm guessing. From what I'm and hearing. it's keeping Brendan Fraser employed. Indeed, we he's he's second to Kiana. We must protect him. Protect um, Brendan Fraser. But again, I I just I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm sure they have their own reasons, but it doesn't make sense. Then um, Deadly Class. Um, that just came out on Sci-Fi, just got announced. It, well, Deadly Class and Happy. I don't know if you guys got a chance to ever see Happy. It's on Netflix. Actually. I saw the previews for it. It's actually pretty funny. Like I, I, I actually dig it. I, I didn't follow it as much as I did Deadly Class, um, but Happy was pretty good. Um, Deadly Class was phenomenal. Um, I thought it was a great. It was a great kind of um, counter show 
to the Umbrella Academy. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you could have you if you did if you liked Umbrella Academy, you might have liked Deadly Class, or if you liked Deadly Class, you might have liked Umbrella Academy, or because competition always brings about good like better television. Um, you might have been like, I only watch Deadly Class or I only watch Umbrella Academy. And it would have worked out better for us, the fans of both shows, because they would have been constantly trying to one-up one another. Um, I, and especially since Deadly Class wasn't a, um, like, an, it wasn't a Marvel property, it was a comic book, but you only knew it was a comic book if you knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like some of these shows, like, I mean, I feel like only people who actually, like, dig deep into Umbrella Academy... Um, and are not just like casual fans um, know that it is based on a comic book because it doesn't have that feel to it. You know what I mean? It yeah. does. It does, but it doesn't. It feels like a regular Netflix original. Um, <laughs> so you had those two. So you had those two shows canceled before their time, and then the one that hurt my heart, but I completely understand. Uh, the Good Place is getting ready to have its final season. And here is my question. Here is my first. Here's my first question before we dig deep into the good place because the good places is, uh, is if you can hear from my tone, it's in a whole different category. Should popular shows be given more time, or should they be just unceremoniously have the plugs pulled before you know you get a chance to see what they're made of? What are you all's thoughts? It's tough. How so? Because, I mean, nowadays there are so many options. If a show, if one network doesn't think a show is good enough, but it has a good enough fan base and someone else wants to take it up, look at Luther. Luther Mm -hmm. got canceled on um, basic cable, but it had such a good fan base, it got picked up for Netflix and just got greenlit for another season. Final so, a uh, fine is it final? Yeah, season five. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. But it still got a second chance. Mm-hmm. So I think depending on the show, yeah, give it a second chance if there's enough interest. Mm-hmm. But then things like the Tick remake, it got canceled and shopped around, and no one wants to pick it up. Yeah. So, it it just depends. I think if a show gets canceled unceremoniously, there's still hope for it to carry on. True. And I, and I want to come back to this. Stephen, what are your thoughts? I agree with you on that, Lindley. You look at shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine that just kind of feel like they got canceled before they had a real chance to get going. And, you know, it just it's such a promising show. Um, mm-hmm. But then there are shows that, like, okay, I'm going to throw The Office into this. I love all nine seasons of The Office, but the general population of fans typically agree that season eight was really awful. I don't necessarily agree, although I will say it was a weak season. And kind of watching the show from start to finish, you do really tend to remember more of the storylines from like the first maybe five seasons. Um, 
And most fans tend to agree that it should have ended either at the end of season five or more importantly, when Steve Carell left. Um, and it really honestly just kind of goes back to the story because uh, TV shows typically, you know, they'll have a running plot thread uh, and, you know, it'll take a few seasons to get through and maybe they can top it with an even better one. But then I think once you start to notice the writing slipping away and they're just running out of gas uh, and they can't quite come up with a good, satisfying storyline anymore. That's usually, I think, when it's time to say goodbye. And, you know, with a show like The Good Place, um, the writers actually came out and said they think four is a good place to stop at, um, which tells me that it was a story they had in mind completely planned out. They weren't planning for, you know, nine seasons. Yeah, same with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I feel, was it, it was definitely, and you could tell it from the writing, it yeah. was getting towards the end. There wasn't there wasn't much you could do with it. And even I, with, with The Good Place, as much as I love that show, I thought to myself, I'm like, how do you keep this going? Yes. It, you can't. You can't. I'm like, eventually, like, you're going to have to, like, either let them get to heaven, either let them get to the good place or they stay permanently in the bad place. I have a theory um, on how it ends. Well, say, we'll save that theory till we get to the last season, Stephen. Calm down. No! It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be okay. It's not. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking, and I, and I hear, and I hear what both you guys are saying, but the thing is, is that the shows that are getting passed over right now, Swamp Thing, Deadly Class. These were shows uh, that were that were getting a lot of great uh, publicity. These were popular shows. People liked these shows, um, and there was plenty of story to to kind of go around. Um, now, would there be weaker seasons? Of course, there would be. You know, I mean, I can't imagine a season that that wouldn't. Are there going to be weaker episodes? Absolutely. Um, when I first started watching Outlander, I got to be honest, I was not necessarily feeling it at first. I was, but that was the history nerd in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I'm getting a new, this feels like my Downton Abbey. This feels like my Downton Abbey, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, fix that I've been missing. But ultimately i'm like you gotta you're gonna have to come harder than this and thank god they did and now i'm like you know knee deep in season two and i'm like okay this is the show that i'm i'm getting like this is what this is what lindley's been talking about this is why you watch this show which is great but i'm sitting here thinking to myself what if they canceled outlander before it got a chance to really pick up steam and get to the point that it is right now no, I, my heart don't talk about such things. Well, it's well, it's not going to happen because they just what they're in season what season getting ready for season six. They're filming season uh, five, and they're okay. they're green lit for six though at least. Okay, so so you have so you have that going on, and I'm just like again, it's like uh, here's a show that. You know, we talked about earlier, like, my mom's never going to watch Outlander. She would love to hear about it. Yeah. She's never going to watch Outlander. Some shows aren't for everybody. 
But I'm just thinking, like, when you're a network like sci-fi, right? What's on sci-fi that people actually watch besides, like, The Magicians that doesn't even follow the book? You have Deadly Class that was, like, people were watching that. And then for some reason, you're like, mm, let's let's cancel it. You have Swamp Thing. You want people to subscribe to your network, to your to your streaming service. And you cancel it after, like, it gets stellar reviews? You're not the good place. You haven't earned... That show did not earn an ending. And it's not like some of these other shows that are absolutely horrendous that get canceled. Like, I, I would love to be in the room um, where it happens and find out exactly why the some of these shows get canceled. Because it can't be because of popularity. It cannot be. But Stephen, I do agree with you as far as, you know, because that was my second question was, when do you know a show has passed its shelf life? Mm -hmm. And The Good Place is getting to that point. But that's okay. Because I feel like we as the fans, we acknowledge that the show has reached an end point. And that's okay. Yeah. It really is. Things don't have to keep going on and on forever. No. And end with all the cast members ending up in jail. Mm. Seinfeld. <laughs> and some and 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 you know and it's in some shows you know I'm thinking about Breaking Bad, right? Some of these shows can can live on in potential movies. Hmm. Do you guys hear uh, what's coming back on as a film? Oh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. With Daniel it's, Radcliffe. Yes. It's going to be a movie. Really? Yeah. Well, it's a Netflix original movie. I have not heard this. <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, she, um, uh, 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 what's her name? Ellie Kemper. Yes, she just revealed, thank you, she just revealed, um, she just took a picture of Dan Radcliffe, uh, of his, um, of his name placard during the read-through. Yeah. Hmm. It's exciting. It's exciting. It really is. And again, it's one of those movies that, you know, it's like always be my maybe, you know, that is definitely a Netflix original movie because people will go see it. Don't put it in theaters because no one's going to see it. And then it's going to get bad Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Yep. Speaking of bad Rotten Tomatoes ratings. <laughs> uh, guys. Mm, mm, mm. This is going to be rough for me. But I got to do it. I got to do it on you. Um, Steven? Yes? Why don't you tell the audience uh, what time is it? Ladies and gentlemen, it's main event time! It's main event time! So guys, the X-Men Cinematic Universe is officially dead. Yay! It's gone. It's dun, not coming dun, back dun, anymore. Dun, dun, Ding dong, which is dead, which um, I took the hit for you guys. You're welcome. I Thanks. saw, I saw Dark Phoenix. Didn't want to. 
honest to God, did not want to see it. But I I looked at my colleague, Deb Hansen, and I said, she was like, why are you seeing it? I said, because I have a film talk podcast, <laughs> and I feel like I should talk about it on the show, because it's the, it's the movie, it's the movie that we're all talking about right now, Dark Phoenix. Not even X-Men Dark Phoenix, which pisses me off. You're going to put s- the X... Around Phoenix, F you. <laughs> you mean X? Tell X X, X you. you. Get out now. Just leave. So okay, what what can I? And this is spoiler free, because I I want people to red box this with a clear conscience. Um, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> I I said that I said that uh, very purposely. Do not go see this movie in theaters, okay? Dang. Do not. And apparently, that I don't have to say that, Lindley. But you know why? Because no one was there. Are you serious? <laughs> opening weekend, right? This is opening weekend. This is day two. I'm there with uh, Dave and his lovely wife, Kristen, and it's us three. And then there's, like, two other people. And that was it. And it wasn't like it was early in the morning. This was, like, prime time. Like, this is matinee. This is, like, I think it was, like, a, a noon. Right? Uh. Parents could have brought their kids to go see it. Dang. Nope. Nobody was in this big-ass theater. Wow. It was amazing. And I sat there... And I, I mean, again, and I, I didn't go in expecting much. Because how can you? Because but the you last, wanted it to be decent, at least. I wanted it to be, like, a, a decent ending for this franchise that I actually really do love. You know? I mean, who doesn't have memories of the old school... Right? You know? And then and them doing the Dark Phoenix saga very beautifully. I might add, in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, and then just to mess it all up with with Last Stand, and, and okay, like you, you quote unquote, wiped away Last Stand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you wiped away Last Stand thanks to mm-hmm. Days of Future's Past, and then what did you do? You, you gave remade me, the Last Stand. <laughs> you remade Last Stand with... Literally, it's like as the lights are going down, Dave's like, well, we've seen this movie. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, Last Stand. I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like joking. I didn't think he's joking. He's like, no, no, seriously. He's like, it's the same writer, Marcus. I said, what? (laughs) I said, why? Why would you bring in? Why would? Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why? If you if you have. If you are playing the Super Bowl, okay, and you, you've you got your wide receiver and he's in the end zone and he drops it, why the hell would you try to throw it to the same guy again to be like, maybe this time he'll get it. Maybe this time he'll get it right. It was awful. Um, where do I start? First off, uh, Professor X. Bad guy? <laughs> yeah. 
So the premise of this movie, guys, oh, okay, the premise of this movie is that Professor Xavier, who put mental blocks on Jane for obvious reasons, yeah. um, he, he is now so drunk with popularity that he's like, you know, it's like, oh, these are my X-Men, and you know, I'm going to have lunch with the, with the president. I'm going to have cocktails with the president. Well, I, I don't know who it is. I think it's Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't, I don't know. I don't really care that much to try and figure out what time period this is in because it's all BS as far as I'm concerned. Um, because then Mystique gets mad at Charles and then she has this weird, awkward, forced line that says, you know what, there's a lot of women on this team, Charles. Maybe it should be renamed X-Women. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, listen, I've heard some heavy-handed lines recently. Most recently, uh, what's happening on Skull Island? I don't know what's happening on Skull Island. <laughs> Maybe something's going to happen on Skull Island. What's going to happen on Skull Island? Did I say Skull Island enough? And then what do you have? You have, maybe you should call it ex-women. And I'm like, that is landing on thicker than Skull Island. Okay? <laughs> because at least at least they earned that line. Okay? They at least found out a way they, to put they, that line Yeah, there. they waited until the end credits to do that. No, they didn't. It, it's in the beginning. That's where it annoyed me the most. Eh, okay, I mean, they, they really laid it on thick at the end. But, like, at the beginning... Oh no! They go. They're like, "All right, let's do it. Let's set it up." <laughs> but they really did not earn it in in X Men Dark Phoenix. Um, oh my God! What else? Uh, oh oh oh! Cyclops. I, I can't wait for the MCU to give me a real Scott Summers. Like the yeah, they leader. screwed up, Scott. And I want a real rogue. Can we please get an actual southern sassy rogue, please? I, I, I have a theory about rogue that I'm gonna I'm gonna drop on you, and I think you're gonna like it. I think you're really gonna like it, Lindley, because I've been thinking about you when I've been, when I've been thinking about it. No. Um, yes. Say save it. R- don't remind me. Say rogue theory, Avengers, and that'll trigger it for me. That's my key phrase. I'm intrigued. Um, so, yeah, so Charles is bad. It's heavy-handed on, on the fem, it's very forced feminism. Um, which, again, I, I just, I just don't, I don't like it. As far as, you know, and again, it's like, and maybe ladies, you know what, I, again, I am a dude. Alright? I, I get it. I, I don't understand the struggle as, as well as y'all do. I, I get it. But as a minority... I would not like them to spoon feed me as a black man to be like, you know, like, oh, like, look at, look at T'Challa. Look how strong he is. Look how much stronger he is than the other Avengers. No, you didn't do that for T'Challa. He was very flawed. Very. Kind of stupid at times, too. (laughs) Right? But, again, that, that made him more relatable. Right? Because who wouldn't make those same mistakes, you know, being a, f- a fresh king? But with women, for some reason, it's like, bro, women will get it, okay? Yeah, we will. 
women will understand, <laughs> all right? You don't have to spoon feed them or be like, hey, ladies, you see what I did there? You see what I did there? Huh, 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 huh. Give me some money. Give me some money. It's like, bro, just like Jean's already a badass as the Phoenix. She's already a strong, powerful mutant. You don't have to, you know, then lay it on thick with the whole feminism thing. Um, Jennifer Lawrence definitely still looks like she could care less about this franchise. But she's free now. She's She is free now. Can I, should I spoil it? I mean, no, it's not like. don't okay. spoil that. I mean, it's not like, it's not like people don't know. That's true. They show it in the trailers. Oh, yeah, go ahead. They, I mean, they, they literally show it in the trailers because everything you see. So for those of you who don't know, Mystique dies. Ooh, boo, boo, spoilers, dude. Uh, look at the trailer. They literally, even at the funeral scene, there's only one person that's not there. And that is Mystique. Um, yeah, she could care less. Um, oh, 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 Magneto, as much as I love Assenbender, um... <laughs> they completely just like uh, he's he's nothing in this in this movie. You could have done this movie without him. They do this very heavy-handed like he's still in love with Mystique thing, so that unites him and Beast for some reason. Because Beast joins the Brotherhood of Mutants for like 5 minutes. We're in the Brotherhood. Um, <laughs> is that their theme song <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm deciding it now okay how to how to get away with X-Men without really trying <laughs> oh oh that's another thing about X-Men right so they have Storm there and rather than make it if you're gonna do like a feminism arc a feminist arc why would you not put Storm as like a catalyst, like a key part of the story. Or Jubilee. Well, no, Jubilee's Jubilee's (laughs) cut. Jubilee's cut from the movie. She's Mm -hmm. not in it. Yeah, she was in it. She was in, she was in one. She was uh, in. Part. Apocalypse. Oh, she was, oh, she was in the movie. No, she was in, she was in Apocalypse, but she's not in this. Yeah, she's, she graduated, I guess. I don't know. Oh, we're just going to pretend like, we're just going to pretend like Jubilee's not an X-Men. I mean, I yeah. guess I shouldn't be surprised. This is Fox's <laughs> X-Men. And let me guess, Mystique never lives up to being evil. Truly evil. Like she is in the comics. No, no, because she dies. <laughs> she dies. Like, Stephen, when I say, like, she dies at the beginning of the movie, she literally dies at the beginning of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is hilarious. Like, I don't want to go see it just to laugh. Uh, don't, please don't waste your money because it is a, it is a huge waste of money. Like I can't not, I cannot stress how bad this movie is. It's not as bad as Last Stand. It's just a notch above it. Okay. Like go watch Logan. If you want to watch a, a beautiful X-Men movie, go watch Logan. Um, oh, oh! Also, they keep in all of the of the Easter eggs that are that were leading to the Mister Sinister arc that they were building to. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
at, so like you know in the trailers they show you like they get captured they literally show you the entire movie by the way in the trailers no. so I'm not really spoiling anything Fine. like it's like if you watch the trailers if it that's the movie that is legit the movie um there's a part <sighs> there's that part where they like they get caught right and they've got the neck braces and whatnot that take away their powers so those are the same neck braces from uh, Deadpool 2. What? Which was which was leading to the Mr. Sinister arc because Mr. Sinister is the is the guy that was in Lo was the was in charge of the company in Logan that was experimenting on the kids. That's what this was wow, all leading to. Cool Easter egg guys. Right. You- but why would you keep it in there? When you're no longer going to build to that arc because you just got bought out by Disney. False hope? I guess. I don't know why they, again, I don't know why. And maybe maybe they cut out, because remember, they had reshoots. So maybe there was more stuff that led to Mr. Sinister. But right now, I was like, this just seems... Like no one understands this. No, like you guys, you guys didn't know that about that until I just pointed out to you. So imagine a whole audience full of people, all five of them that attended Dark Phoenix. They would be confused. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's awful, guys. Don't go see it, um, audience. I'm telling you not to go see it. But if you must, drink heavily. <laughs> see it on a Tuesday. See it on a Tuesday. As 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 my friend Kristen said, it's not that she's tired of watching comic book movies. It's just that she doesn't know why we keep seeing comic book movies. Well, I told Dave, I said, well, this was the worst movie to take her to because this is gonna put the nail in the coffin. She's never gonna want to go see Far From Home now. Um there was a part in the movie where she legit leaned forward. And as I know her sister, when they lean forward, that means they're struggling real hard to stay awake. (laughs) They're struggling real hard to stay awake right now. They're like, "Mm, maybe if I lean forward, maybe I can invest a little bit deep, a little bit deeper in this plot. Don't try it. Don't do it. No, no. But, Lindley. Yes. Do you want to? Oh, hey, hey. Marcus, Rogue Avengers. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I think. Because they end it here, right? Yeah. In the 90s. They are going to grow up. It does bring it does bring this universe to a close and sets it up that it's like and then the X-Men continue their journey. Here's my theory. Uh, the X-Men, because this is what I would love to ha- happen in these in these next uh, round of MCU movies. Every movie features a new universe that now enters the MCU. Hmm. So, like, you know, you've got Mysterio entering in Far From Home. So you establish early on that that people are coming from different universes um, that they're uh, colliding with the 616 universe. Uh, Maybe one episode, maybe one, uh, one uh, 
movie, you have the Silver Surfer appear, or you have Galactus appear, right? But they just talk about it. They just talk about, like, Galactus is now in the universe. Um, I think what you do is, it's many years later in the MCU, I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the X-Men universe, mm-hmm. everybody's grown up, which explains why you don't have the same actors, and it's more of like, more or less like a soft, it's a reboot, but you are, you are saying like, we are taking it from what you had before. It's just that everything you had before just got destroyed and the only ones left are the characters that we want. And so in the first big kind of like Avengers movie, you have Captain Marvel come into you know, put down these X-Men, these mutants who don't know why they're in the in this world, who don't know why people are freaking out about them other than the fact that, like, you know, they're mutants. Mm-hmm. She gets taken out early on in the movie by Rogue. Yes. So you establish that Rogue, and then you make it Rogue has Captain Marvel's powers, which is how she got him in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, so you make that now canon within the MCU and you set it up where it, it basically becomes almost like a civil war, except a bit more of like a misunderstanding per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where the Avengers don't know who these people are. They just know, like, they just took out their strongest Avenger. They must be evil. And the Avengers are like, I mean, sorry, and the X-Men are like, these people are trying to kill us and they have powers. We need to take them down. Yeah. I I don't know. I think that that is a good way to to introduce them. But... I can see it. Time will tell. Time will definitely tell. Oh, oh, that was another thing, too. They, I, it was very clear that the Phoenix Force was supposed to um, reboot the Fantastic Four. Oh. Yeah, it was very clear. Like that was supposed to be that scene where they saved the where they saved the astronauts. Yeah, I was like, that's how they were gonna introduce the Fantastic Four. It was gonna be because they mentioned Whoops. they mentioned that it was gonna be a spinoff, and that the Fantastic Four and the X Men would be related in some way. That was how you do it. Because they mentioned something about the Phoenix Force and, like, the energy was, like, oh, it was, like, the cosmic rays. Like, they got hit with them. And I was, like, oh. So is that is that how they were going to be born? Because of the Phoenix Force? I hate you, movie. <laughs> That's how you really feel. I, I hate you. Then this is, and this, again, early on. Early on, this is me saying, I hate you, movie. So, Yeah. So, Steven, you going to go see Dark Phoenix? Hell no. Yeah, he's going to see it. Lily, are you going to see it? AMC Plus? I'll see it when I see it. I still have to see Brightburn, Rocketman. I feel like those are going to be much better choices. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy seeing Hot Jafar again. <laughs> Hot Jafar train. Woo woo. Choo choo. <laughs> oh my gosh 
I still love. <laughs> I'm still on hot Jafar train. I hate you <laughs> so much for that. Oh God! I heard it and I was like, I have to put that in there. <laughs> you suck. Oh goodness! Well, audience, we've had a lovely time for you. Please let us know in the comments what you guys thought of the Dark Phoenix. In our spoiler-free review, although not really spoiler-free, because guess what? You saw the movie in the trailer. Um, but if you would like to talk to us about it or try to convince Steven and Lindley where to uh, to see to see Dark Phoenix, um, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can find me mostly, mostly, whew, mostly on, <laughs> words are so hard, mostly on Instagram at Little Lottie, that's L-O-T-T-I-E. I also have a cosplay page, uh, Little Lottie Cosplay, one word for Little Lottie. Um, I also am now writing for Outlander Cast, and my first piece just came up, and I'm so excited. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're we're very happy to we're very happy to see that and if you need a link to that uh, it is on our Facebook page. Uh, Stephen, where can the folks at home reach you? Uh, folks at home, speaking of writing, I've actually just started a new film blog uh, where I write about the filmmaking process. It is uh, Bailey's Film Workshop. Blogspot.com. You can also follow me on YouTube. Just type in Bailey's Film Workshop and find me and click the subscribe button and share those videos if you don't mind. Um, also, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter uh, at Bailey's Workshop. And please tell your friends about this show. And Sponsors! Course, <laughs> and of course, folks at home, if you would like to uh, talk with me, you can find me in a variety of different places. You can hear me on Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. You can hear me on Roll Initiative. New episode, I believe, should have already come out by now. So once you've done listening to this, go ahead, check out Roll Initiative. Hear how we play D&D. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it pretty darn well. Um, you can also hear me on the latest episode of Continuum Force, as well as uh, Vampires of Whitechapel. I'd make a cameo appearance. Yeah. Mm. All that good stuff. I play a vampire like Blade. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker's always trying to skate up uh, uphills. I'm going to censor it. Don't worry. It's good. It got bleeped. Oh don't, wor- don't worry, Mrs. Key. <laughs> How dare you? She's a nice lady. She's a lady. <laughs> who's, a, who's a Hufflepuff? I'll tell you all that story. Oh. I'll tell you that story in a bit. All right. Well, we're going to get off the air. We're going to hear that story. Uh, audience, <laughs> I think that is everything. <sighs> Let the summer commence. Uh, from all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make your choices. <laughs> <laughs>